Hello and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia, peers behind the curtain into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Tipster, host and land penguin at the Pinnacle Larder somewhere in the Antarctic Ocean. Hey there, I'm Jay from Smarty Pints Trivia uh, up in Canada. Hey, this is Jason over at Liquid Courage Entertainment based out of the Chicago area. And we are joined today very gleefully, I should add, by a friend of ours from the uh, Twitch universe. Uh, join me, Jay and uh, Tipster, if you would, in welcoming in Catnip all the way from Lithuania. Hello, the future calls. <laughs> I can I can <laughs> never I'm remember most... Catnip if you're eight hours ahead of me or three weeks ahead of me. I do not understand time zones to this day. I think considering how my stuff, my sleep schedule was like two or three weeks ago, and I kept showing up in your streams uh, saying like, it's 5.30, I need to wake up in two hours, I have not slept tonight yet. I, I think time kind of lost its meaning when it comes to me. Yeah, Tipster, you have no idea what that's about, right? Uh, Yeah, totally no idea about how, you know, time just runs away from you, and what even is time these days, right? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Simon and Garfunkel sang about it briefly, but that's about all the meaning it has for me. Well, welcome to the episode. Well, welcome Yay. yourself. Uh, Catnip, do you want to take a moment and uh, explain to the nice people at home listening um, who you are and your connection to the world of pub trivia? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely not as well established as, as any of these guys. Um Though I guess if, if you are looking at the scope of Lithuania, a, a good chunk of elite quizzers are aware of me, more or less. Um, so I started quizzing myself about year, eight years ago, almost. Mm -hmm. um, in about a year and a half or so, I started being a quiz writer, worked for the most, like officially worked for um, the most popular quizzing league in Lithuania at the time. Um, after a couple of seasons, I left and since then uh, have dabbled in what was at the time number two or number three, like freelancing for what was at the time number two or number three most popular league in Lithuania. Okay. Uh, now it may have gotten even a bit more popular, but it's it's tough to tell with like everything moving online or, or not moving there and what have you. Um, but yeah, since I've been a player and a quiz writer, and I think what I will be most interesting for tonight is specifically Lithuanian quizzing, which is so much different than than what you have heard on the sh on this podcast so far. Most I like I could bet real money on it. <laughs> oh, I having experienced the, the style of question that you're talking about, and we will definitely get into that in detail during our roundtable discussion. Um, I would bet that money as well. Uh, just real quick, Jay, are you familiar at all with with uh, what Catnip is referring to as quote unquote Lithuanian style quizzing? Because if not, I think you're in for a bit of a treat here. It is a really fun <laughs> style. I have no clue. <laughs> oh, brace yourself. You're, you're going to have to explain to me here. We'll, we'll very gladly do, yes, as we go along. So it occurs to me that an American, a Canadian, a Penguin, and a Lithuanian have walked into this bar. We should probably make a roundtable discussion about it. Uh, you guys feel okay talking about the concept of uh, quizzing literally around the world for today's main discussion? Sounds good Why to me. 
Mm-hmm. Almost Hopefully like this episode was insight. crafted with that specific thought in mind. Yeah. No, no, totally coincidental. Like, you know, you cannot plan anything in this day and time. I mean, especially when, you know, other people are involved, right? Like, that's... <laughs> I don't remember what other people are a year into lockdown here in oh, the my U.S. I, oh, good. You're disembodied voices, and sometimes you're anthropomorphic, and my nightmares are getting weirder, and I'm just leaning I... in at this point. Are you having penguiny nightmares? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Jason? I'm I'm telling you that there are tuxedos running through my head right now in a way that has never inspired me more than it does currently and not in the ways that I would hope. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if that sounds worrisome or intriguing. Why not? Uh, both? I'm it not either, and it's my head. It can mm. be both. Both is a legitimate option. I have visions of tipsters dancing through my head on a regular basis. <laughs> have you been have you been watching too much Mary Poppins? Is that what it is? <laughs> That's where I know you from. Oh goodness. Not again. <sighs> First it's uh, Mary... Mumble from Happy Feet and now it's Mary Poppins. You started it, friend. I, I hear Mary Poppins and I raise you Mary Tippins. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I like this. It is Tipster's like one penguin show. Uh, homage to like '60s live-action Disney adaptations. I love it. Let's let's make it canonical. Oh my goodness! <laughs> where, um, where did the, the the penguin connection come from, Tipster? I've always wondered. Uh, so I uh, I have often been described as three penguins in a trench coat pretending to be human. Um, <laughs> okay. That, uh, there there are. Things that I do with my arms that are apparently not human, and therefore <laughs> that is one of the explanations. Also, just kind of squeaking and flailing are two of my main kind of reactions to things. Oh, um, I, see. I see. I will so say it then, is a little on brand, yeah. It, it's, yeah, right? <laughs> so uh, I have myself, and I have Waddles, and Rafters, and Humphrey. Uh, and they run this little bar with me out in the Antarctic Ocean. And we host pub trivia every Sunday night. That's how it works. That's the deal. Oh, your, uh, your narrative is much better than mine. I'm just, I'm just in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in my bed. You're, you're having more okay, fun than me. That sounds weirder. Once again, <laughs> that sounds weirder than I needed. But it's that kind of audience. Let's go with that. Oh, yeah, no, catnip's going to fit in just fine. Just fine. <laughs> so speaking of where we are, where we are now and where we do our stuff, uh, what is kind of the culture to do with quizzing where you are? Because here it's very much a, like, it's been around for a while here. I'm fairly sure it's been around since early 80s, possibly even late 70s. Um and it's been kind of a weekly thing that pretty much every bar does. And uh, no, it's no, no bar that's not worth their, 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 uh, salt, sugar, which salt, one helps sugar, the medicine coin. go down, Mary Tippins. <laughs> yeah, no, I just got choice paralysis at that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, where do I go with this? Um, uh, doesn't have a quiz night. Um, that's kind of you every bar you go into it's almost guaranteed that they will be hosting a quiz night at least one point during the week 
Mm-hmm. Um, is is it the same kind of over in in uh, across the pond in the states, or you know, over in mainland Europe? Well, as far as the U.S. goes, I think that we just kind of took um, the lead from from y'all in the U.K. Uh, probably 15 to 20 years ago, right around the turn of the millennium is where I would say um, doing a, a pub quiz in the UK style became more and more a thing you'd expect to see in certain establishments here in the States. Um, as I'm sure you know, you know, us us ungodly heathen Americans are more, you know, game show fanatics. Um, don't ask us questions. Let us spin a giant wheel and just say letters of the alphabet kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, pub trivia has gotten pretty big here in the US in the last especially 10 to 15 years, but probably is going back to about 20, maybe 25. And I have to assume that it emanated from the UK. Um, my understanding has always been that pub quizzing at its core feels very, very British. And I'm sure that we do it very differently uh, from you. And I'd love to get into that. How is uh, how is the Canadian experience uh, from your perspective, Jay? So I assume it's about the same as uh, as the American experience. I have noticed, you know, pre-COVID, of course, um, that more and more quiz nights were starting to pop up just about everywhere in the last, yeah, five or ten years. Um, And a lot of theme night stuff uh, Mm. has really taken off. And I think bars have realized that um, if you say I'm doing a Harry Potter trivia night, uh, you're going to pack the bar that night. It doesn't matter if it sucks. (laughs) You're still going to pack the bar. Um, Oh, yeah. Disney, Harry Potter, Friends, Game of Thrones. So I've noticed a Marvel, lot of those yeah. theme nights popping up. Um, and then there there are more and more of, um, you know, just the general knowledge type pub quizzes that uh, that are showing up. But uh, definitely an influx of theme nights is what I've noticed. Um, and then also with technology and everybody now having cell phones uh, in their pockets 24-7, um, a lot of these automated uh, trivia systems I've noticed popping up at bars. It seems like you can go to a lot of bars or pubs um, and they'll just have trivia up on the TV and you can play along on your phone. Um, now, are you talking the... a system kind of like buzz time? If that is a thing yeah. that's, that's out there in Canada, because that was huge in sports bars, uh, here in the States for a good long time. Like notably the, the chain Buffalo wild wings was mm-hmm. really tied in with that. And it was huge for like two years and then it was just ever present and nobody cared anymore. <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny you say that. They had buzz time at the uh, university, uh, like the campus bar that I used to host at, and they had it for about a year. Um, and then some of their tablets started getting stolen and broken, and then they didn't renew the contract. Ah, <laughs> they, okay. They, they renewed me instead. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little safer than the, uh, the wall of tablets, I guess. Um, but yeah, I've seen like different automated systems. I couldn't tell you the name of them, but uh, it seems like lots of places now have these uh these cell phone quiz games too yeah it sounds about right at least from what i've seen um catnip what is how popular is quizzing in lithuania and you alluded to it a little bit earlier in your introduction but uh do you want to take a moment and kind of go into more detail about that uh in your neck of the woods yeah well it's it's popular i mean now it's different and i think now the enthusiasm has uh sort of got more passive because there's also fewer options overall um but uh, it it actually started uh with something else and like quizzing like game shows were quite popular on our tv for a while and there's the same host one of the original golden mind hosts 
is actually um like he's been doing that for about 20 years on tv quiz shows uh, or things like that he's known for that um okay. so, so we're we've always sort of been into it more or less the pop quizzing culture it was a mixture of something that was not in pubs that actually was created in university uh in in one of the universities they had sort of team versus team uh, uh first finger uh quicker finger first mm-hmm. uh like fingers on buzzers kind of thing um and that's where the whole lithuanian the idea for a lithuanian style uh what what i now keep talking about um came um but so it was a mixture of that kind of culture because it got more popular in about 2005 but then one uh, one person sort of uh brought it was inspired by uk actually by her experience in uk and she got inspired by that and she started like actual pub quizzing as in in pubs or in restaurants or similar places um mm. to do quizzing for teams and for crowds of people like there so that started about oh let's see around 2007 ish around there um so so it but our our quizzing culture is very much just pubs in teams you know you write your answers on the paper one round is over you submit that and then they're marked and what have you the sort of feeling old school apps are not really used apps were started to be used only within last year or so because the quizzes that were uh, in pubs, they tried to move online for obvious reasons, and they had to come up with some sort of way. Now, that's also a bit, that's a fear situation. But yeah, overall, I think it's really, the short answer is that it's popular, like hell. Um, it was very much like every time, like every week of the day, aside from weekends, you you could have gone to a quiz somewhere. The quality of it could be questionable, but you could have gone to a quiz somewhere if you were living in the um in the large city in one of the large cities. Okay. Um, there were a couple pubs in the capital because I'm from the second largest city. So there were a couple pubs in the capital that, like, for every working day, they ran their own quizzes. I, I mean, um, well, I'll be completely you, honest with you. I'm kind of blown away culturally speaking at how popular something that feels very anglo-centric uh would be in like mainland europe uh especially in a country like lithuania that doesn't feel like it has a historical connection to the uk or the us or canada or australia or any of the countries where we all talk funny as far as you're concerned both (laughs) yes and no there are a lot of lithuanian immigrants in england and ireland uh, so there's that, and then therefore those countries feel familiar, so we mm-hmm. may go there to visit our friends or what have you. Um, but in terms of numbers, let's say, so at its peak, that, that league that I mentioned, that was the, the most popular at the time, we had 13 what was called divisions, meaning across 13 different cities, uh, including we had a branch in Brussels, <laughs> Ooh, okay. London even, and things like that. Or maybe not London, maybe uh, somewhere else, UK. Um, but there was that. And um, so uh, with 13 divisions, smaller ones had like five teams each, but like that's like for smaller, for the uh, abroad cities. 
the big cities have uh, three divisions each with 20 teams in each. Oh my goodness! Uh, division. So, so, but it it basically went a, towards three hundred teams, and average was seven people per team. Once and this, a week. This sounds like it's spanning more or less the entire continent of Europe, from what you're saying. Is that right? Well, not entire, but we 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 just had a few branches here and there, and I think there was like only three or four teams that actually played them. No, I think Brussels had more like five to seven teams. Um. Then Dublin maybe was a thing. Dublin may have been by mm. another league. But basically you get like three, five teams in one of those abroad cities where Lithuanian population, you know, immigrant population is a little bit larger in comparison. So just a sort of a few crumbs um, of the pie here and there. I mean, and I come from this major metropolitan area in the U.S. where I can't get my teams from one suburb of Chicago to drive across the city limit to the next suburb of Chicago to see me on a different day because it's so far away and they'd have to get in their car for five minutes. And your uh, your culture out there in Lithuania is tying in people from Belgium and Ireland and all across the continent. And I've got to get better at my job is my takeaway <laughs> on that. My, my people will contact your people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you briefly mentioned divisions there so is it some sort of, is it a kind of league then is that is that how things are generally played over there in Lithuania then? yeah so if if we consider uh let's say if i consider the three most popular ones so um there's basically the whole season that spans from let's say september to may um so there are, like, there's the full season then Divisions are essentially different pubs. Okay. Because uh, right, okay. just for physical placement, there later it was um, online divisions, like virtual divisions were introduced, but that's more complicated. But essentially a division is a pub because, you know, you can squeeze in 20 teams in one pub, but in cities like Vilnius or Kaunas, which is the capital and my city respectively, um, you know, there are more people than that. So Vilnius at one point even had four or five divisions uh, just because you cannot cram all those people in one place. So you need to branch. So obviously sure, you have sure. different hosts, but like it's all happening at the same time. Um, on on Monday, on Monday evenings, you have different MCs, different hosts and all these different places. And it's all connected and it's happening at the same time. And then you have, you know, your um your central behind the curtains team which i was mainly responsible of when that started mm. um so like that's coordinated and then um you're making sure that all the answers are um counted correctly but yeah there essentially was uh, a season of several months and then you accumulate points throughout those months uh then you get a Grand Prix game at the end of the season where you go to, a, you know, like a seaside resort for a weekend kind of event. Um, okay. And things like that. It was really fun. And then, like, it's, it's that kind of bit. Like, it's, it's a bit pompous in a way, <laughs> I'd say. So, in, 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 yeah. so what I'm really hearing from all of this is that we should be studying lithuanian trivia organizational structure uh stealing it and then taking over our respective countries uh well, jay are you with me on that 
Yeah, it sounds a little more uh, put together than what I do. <laughs> right? I was, yeah, I was going to say, Jay, you, because you run a, a, well, last time I checked, anyway, you ran a league-style format at Smarty Pints. Is that something that's common in Canada, or is that something you've kind of gone off and done your own thing on? Well, I kind of um, inherited my business model from my predecessors at the uh, the campus bar where I started out, um, and then kind of built upon it, I guess. So I haven't seen um, a lot of trivia companies in Canada that are at different venues. Um, mm. I've, I've seen a handful. Um, I'll look up the names while other people are talking. But um, I, I think what I do is a little bit unique. Um, before COVID hit, we were looking at interbar play as a possibility using some of the software that I've written. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't quite get there because uh, the world, as, as you may or may not have heard, kind of fell apart uh, <laughs> a year ago. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> like... uh, so I haven't really seen anyone else doing like interbar play, um, but it's, it sounds really cool. I mean, I've, I've messed around with that idea a little bit before, but for my uh, purposes, it was more asynchronous, I would say. So I would do like leagues basically from time to time where I would invite, you know, the top end scoring teams over a period of a number of weeks to like a finals championship to give away a larger prize. But it, um, it would stem various bars on various nights of the week. And the, when you're doing it asynchronously like that, you don't necessarily have the exact same playing field that you're grading everyone on. So you just, you go in with this caveat that, you know, every game is worth a maximum N number of points and everybody in that room has the same legitimate shot at those given points that night. And we're just going to compare you as best we can by using addition and not caring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess in, in that respect, I've kind of done it. I've had uh, as many at, at my peak, I'd say four different bars operating at the same time, some of which would share the same questions. Mm -hmm. um, and then you could go onto the website and you could see how you stacked up against like the global get rate. Um, okay. And, you know, that was always that was always fun too to see, um, you know, which bars uh, were doing really good and which <laughs> maybe weren't doing so good. And, yeah, uh, uh, weigh, going back to the bus time my... thing, that definitely Ooh. rings a bell. Like yeah, well, venues yeah. playing for supremacy. Yeah, like we had the sort of the division ranking, like there on the screen on the projector projector screen. You see like how you're doing, but then the people that are around. And then you also have the like the whole Lithuanian ranking uh, table to see okay. how you're doing well in that. So it was so it was also ranked on a national scale as well. Yes. Then. Okay. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so the people cool. the people to Grand Prix were selected uh, with the, like uh, in terms of a whole Lithuanian scale. Okay. Right. So it wasn't just like the top scoring team from each bar would go to the grand prix it would be not top overall. just so it varied from season to season and what have you but it was like the champion of every city if it's a big city then you get maybe like top three teams right because you know you have 50 teams playing in one city versus 10 teams playing in, in a smaller city um so you get like top three from the big cities then you could also, uh, then remaining spots could be filled going down of the ranks, like overall top 20 in Lithuania, mm. for example, right? If you haven't gotten in already through those uh, prior criteria. So that, okay. like it, it got quite complicated, complex at, at some point because um, the, the main organizer uh, 
wanted uh, that way. And as the league expanded, you kind of needed that. Uh, so it's it it became various criteria, but yeah, you you got like the top uh one or top three, let's say, of the city, plus like uh, different uh, scores. We had interim finals where like the points for that evening, right? Because like if you win, you get whatever points to the season ranking. It's not just the points that you won that game; it's specific number of points. Like, you know, let's say 20 for uh, first place, 10 for the second place, and what happened, okay. right? That kind of system. Okay. Um, so for those interim finals, the national ranking points that you received were doubled or tripled. So those evenings mattered more, in a way. And it was like, that. it's just sort of, I'm now talking about it and remembering how it was. And I'm like, dang, that is actually quite hype. I... <laughs> See, yeah. there were, that that feels very American to me to have, you know, like the final night of your league standing and say, hey, for tonight only, we're going to double all your points so that, you know, mathematically you're not out of it. So you come back and patronize the bar and don't feel like you did a bad job and everybody right. wins and drink more beer. Um, to, to be fair, it was it rarely was something groundbreaking. Uh, mm. It was mostly, you know, maybe like, from top 10, you got to top five, um, something like that. Or, you know, it was the matter of being outside the Grand Prix final mm -hmm. quota and getting into that. Um, or, you know, like I said, top 10 to top five within your division, within your city and things like that. So it sort of, it mattered, but it wasn't, it didn't feel broken. It didn't okay. matter that much. Right, right. Because you still had like, you you had the buildup of previous games. You would have the buildup of uh, later games because, like I said, interim. Because so you like play for two months, you get a mini final. Then you play for two or three months more, you get another mini final, and what have you. Yeah, this whole league thing to me, it, it's. I mean, I know we have them over here in the UK mm. because I'm aware that they exist. They get talked about on, you know, by some of the big quizzes quite frequently. Um, but I've never come across them personally. Like they, they seem to be this very kind of elite, kind of fenced yes. off thing in the middle of somewhere. Is is that the case over there as well, or is it kind it, of it, anyone can it, turn up and play? And it, it's kind of oh, prominent. I mean, anyone could turn up and play. They just wouldn't get high placements because mm. you know you can. And and that was actually one of the struggles for for us as the like uh, question writing team. Uh, that was like, yeah, but we do still need some easy ones, or at least, you know, what we call crowd pleasers, like popular culture, or, you know, the specific kind of jokes that the community would like. Right, right. Uh, to sort of keep the interest in and keep the incentives to for those new ones or for those, you know, casual quizzing players who are there just to have a fun night so that they wouldn't feel demotivated and would still mm -hmm. come back or at the very least enjoy their time and, and have... Uh, positive uh, opinions about you and that's sort of where why virtual divisions that I briefly mentioned appeared because then uh, those were introduced and it meant that you were like you had different divisions within the whole Lithuania where it was based on overall ranking so that in theory you play with people who are more around your level like you have 
another group to compete with that feels more fair to your play that you're not like you know you're not playing against everyone else who's op yeah so almost like a a relegation delegation handicap style format so that um you know when you look at the the standings you're comparing against somebody of comparable skill is that kind of ring a bell something along those lines but it would probably maybe a bit more cynically would add so like you have an additional kind of categories um list of categories and divisions so that you know you can still feel like you're competing even though you're not gonna get places okay (laughs) sort of in that way all right i think i just you know um i suppose we should probably circle back a little bit and just make sure we all understand what the heck each other are talking about um when we talk a quiz because I've never quizzed outside the U.S. Jay, I don't know if you've ever quizzed outside Canada. Uh, Tipster, you're floating in the North Atlantic, and Catnip, (laughs) you're foreign and weird, and I love it. Um, We should probably take a moment and make sure we all understand what we're talking about when we talk about a quiz night. Yeah. Like, the the structure of them. Are we talking four different sides of the same coin, or are we pushing our assumptions from what we've done and what we've seen in our areas onto what we think other people are doing. So to kind of lay lay it out on the table here, how a, you, how a, a general UK quiz night goes down, no kind of special league play or anything like that. It is literally a one-time event. Uh, well, it's, it's a, you know, single self-contained event. Um, you turn up, you put, you know, usually the, the, the person who's hosting it comes around with a with a pint mug and you put a pound or 50p in the mug per player on your team and you get given an answer sheet or you know you sign up on the app and and then you have rounds of questions you have a break in the middle uh those rounds are usually structured on the kind of category that they're in so history science sport celebrities there's usually a picture round there's usually a music round um and then at the end of the night the people with the highest score uh, win but not always win the money because some places like to do this jackpot game style thing where things roll over to the next week if they can't aren't if they can't finish the quote unquote final round so it it does vary a little bit from place to place but that's kind of the general structure of the night as a whole so yeah, I wanted to follow up on what you just said. Um, as as the host comes around with the the pint mug and teams and players, you know, throw their, I I don't know if it's an entry fee or if it's like a tip or if they're funding the prize. That is something that um I don't see a lot comparably in the U.S. So, uh, what's up with your money? So it's it's funding the prize. It goes okay. into a prize pot that um, people can win at the end of the night. Um, some, you know, uh, lots of places do it differently. Um, some places, if, if they, you know, if they're not doing that, it's usually, oh, you know, you get a gallon of beer behind the bar or, um, this, that, and the other. Um, the, it's, it's slightly complicated with regards to, um, kind of drinking laws in the UK now. Mm -hmm. You can't offer alcohol for free. So, you know, usually it's... uh, there's a way around it, legally speaking. It's a gift certificate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much how it works. Um, so uh, that's that's kind of 
how they get around that. And, you know, if there is a cash prize on offer, usually it's made up from um, players contributing to a pot. Okay. And that pot... That pot is either played for and won on the night or, you know, in some cases it rolls over week on week until someone, you know, uh, does the final round. Um, I think notoriously one of the local bars had somewhere in the region of £550. Ooh, okay. Which, considering it was 50p per player entry. Right. It had rolled over for like a few months at that point, and they were getting like uh, they were getting to the point where it's like, right, if nobody wins it by the end of the month, we're just going to go down the list, and everybody's going to have a <laughs> shot at the final round, and whoever does best at it will win the money. Okay. Um, so yeah, it can get somewhat out of control sometimes, but. You you can find free quiz nights. You can find ones that you you know you kind of pay in for. Um, I I know that recently there has been a kind of uh, kerfuffle over you know should you be paying for entry to trivia? It's definitely one of the big questions that's been floating around recently. And it um, based on what you're saying, it seems like it's a bit of a cultural question there, uh, for it, sure. Because um, here in the states, or at least in my area, and in my experience with people who host. Um, in the US. The the expectation is you, the patron, uh, go into the venue as a patron. You typically, for something like pub trivia, would not expect to pay a cover charge or an entry fee or a participation fee, much mm-hmm. the same as you wouldn't if you were uh, expecting to attend, you know, a, a bingo night or a karaoke night. Not necessarily the same if there's, you know, uh, like live music entertainment or a DJ where there is, depending on the night, depending on the talent, you might expect to have to get a ticket or pay a cover but uh generally here in the states it's not looked at as something that you pay extra in to participate in uh the model is more the venue is bringing in uh some talent to draw the clients in so that they make more money and then they pay you presumably because they have profited from your ability to draw in the crowd and i wonder uh, Jay, because Canada is kind of the most British part of the United States, um, <laughs> which which of the two uh, forms do you guys see out there more often? Is it the kind of pay to play participatory jackpot style thing that Tipster's talking about? Or is it the more, um, you know, venues pay you as a brand to boost their sales kind of model? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's it's more in line with what the U.S. does. Um, just from my own experience, uh I don't think I've ever been to a trivia night where there was a cash prize um, up for grabs. It seems like it's always, um, you know, booze or a plate of nachos, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a gift certificate, um, but never really a a cash prize. Um, And then as far as payment uh, to, to enter, that seems to be maybe half and half. Like I've seen some places where, hey, it's like a dollar to play or you know, two bucks to play or something like that. Um, but I've also seen uh, some of these theme nights I was talking about where those, they'll actually charge you 10 or 15 bucks to, to play, but that's because they have these big prizes up for grabs. So maybe if it's a Harry Potter night, they have a bunch of uh, Harry Potter swag, or maybe you can win a, a set of Blu-rays or something like that. But to me, those are kind of like different entities, these theme nights that just kind of show up in the middle of nowhere. Mm. 
when when it comes to just a weekly pub quiz um, here in Canada, I'd say my experience is no cash prize and uh, no money to enter typically. Yeah, I guess now that you bring that up, especially with theme nights, it's not too dissimilar here in the States. There are definitely uh, one off events. And I imagine mostly because they expect a huge draw that's going to kind of take over the venue for the night. Yeah. Or something like yeah. Harry Potter trivia where they will, you know, charge a team registration, but it's more so to like reserve a table. It, it's for more the amenities than the participation. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of a backdoor way to ensure that you're not um, over exceeding capacity or that the venue kind of has an expectation for what the sales are going to be that night so they can prep accordingly. Um, basically, it's all capitalism. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, End of the you day. Know, you know what I wonder with that is um, it's kind of like if it's if it's a pub quiz, which is general knowledge stuff that you're going to every week, I think the expectation is you're going there to drink and there just so happens to be trivia on, you know? Mm. Whereas when these, if it's these theme nights, you're going there for the trivia. Mm -hmm. Drinking is your, your secondary obligation. So I think you're right. It's to reserve Don't tell the that table. to Jason. <laughs> Don't let him. <laughs> yeah, there is no secondary drinking for me. <laughs> no <Yeah>. secondary <laughs> drinking. But, but that's what I'm saying is, is um, if, if you think that you're the ultimate Harry Potter trivia fan, you're going there. Maybe you're not even going to drink an ounce because you got to keep your wits sharp, right? So I can get that. Charging for the theme nights makes a little more sense. Yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to stick my uh, my nose in in that particular debate. Uh, and I'm sure we will have that particular debate at some point in a future episode. Um, just to, to get us kind of back to the concept of uh, prismatically looking at quizzing from an international perspective, um, I think all of us now at this point have done events that have drawn people from various countries, uh, predominantly online. Uh, Catnip, I know that you have done some tournament work, uh, some special sort game of, work yeah. through um, through uh, our our mutual friend on Twitch, um, Ash. at Bash. Yeah. Ash, Ash, yeah, at underscore Bash for, for the Twitch handle. Yeah, yeah Tipster, some oh. of us aren't close enough with him to call him Ash. <laughs> I have him on Facebook. <laughs> okay no, just me right. apparently i'm i'm the black sheep here okay no um yeah i, I just if i just quickly made to uh like do with the uh payments and participation fees mm -hmm. i was holding back laughter like when you all three were talking during it because like being from lithuania there's usually that sort of standard and expectation or sort of stereotype you know and, and a feeling that like we're this small, tiny country, and we're like not wealthy enough. We're 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 like so you know unfortunate compared to like these big countries. And then you keep talking, no, 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 no one pays for trivia there. Well, maybe a buck. Like, well, participation fee for a person is usually two, three euros per person. Okay. Um, uh, oh. smaller, smaller one, uh, like smaller, newer quizzes may have like ten per team overall. Which, you know, if you're playing seven or eight people, that's just a bit over a euro. Um, yeah, the, like, it, you in almost all cases have prizes. It used to it, it used to start off as just like a bottle of wine. Now it's more like directly material. You have sponsors for books or like, you know, watches for like the season prizes and things like okay. that. And it's like, so it just like, you know, you're, you're talking that I'm like, 
like I feel like most of like the the, the most business womany here in that <laughs> regard, and it's just interesting. So yeah, well, like we we properly pay for our quizzes. Um, so that that participation fee goes towards the company that's running the quiz. Then is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. That co- well, that company does get the overall prizes plus pay mm. for the quiz for the writers and mm. what have you. Obviously, yeah. there's some profit involved, but um, yeah, and, and that's natural. So there's a. I f- I think that's how our participation fee over here differs. Like the the question, the person hosting usually doesn't take anything from that pot of money that's paid um they're usually a member of staff at the bar mm. who just oh. happens to be writing questions like the the there is there aren't many professional trivia hosts in the uk that kind of tour bars it's usually just a member of bar staff who right. happens to have been told to write questions for tonight's yeah so i guess quiz. that's the difference when when like in in uk or us a bar has trivia is more most likely it's the staff of that bar that are doing and organizing that here there's this essentially separate company doing quizzing and they're just going to bars and the bars let them in like they just mm. deal you know offer the venue because it's you know usual for a bar like since when are you gonna get what 100 people in on a monday evening right oh my goodness who will most likely have at least a beer to drink not to mention it's you know monday evenings and it's usually it's 7 p.m local time so people are often coming after work so they're most likely gonna eat something too right and there's mm-hmm. that and when you're in a group there's always like you know these snacks or like that kind of mentality. so people are gonna spend in most cases so it's very advantageous for a venue to love the quizzing a company yeah um oh, so definitely i'd say that so, to, so i think that's earlier where the point, money comes into uh to your mm-hmm. real point i'd say in the u.s it's probably about an 80 20 split as far as you know establishments that that bring in an outside contractor to provide something like trivia like like mm-hmm. what i do basically uh whereas they try to figure it out about 20 percent of the time just in-house uh kind of the uk model um, before I forget, I wonder, and this is kind of an open-ended question. I don't know if we're going to be able to answer this, but I wonder if the perception for the end user about whether or not they should feel compelled or obligated or even expected to participate financially in a pub quiz has anything to do with like the culture of tipping in that particular area. Because I know that wildly varies uh, between the U.S., yeah. U.K., Europe, etc. And I wonder if there's some kind of connection there, maybe. Possibly. I mean, we don't... You, the tipping culture over here is very much... Um, like, it doesn't happen half as much, like anywhere near as much as it does in the U.S., but occasionally... Like, you'll, you'll tip your cab driver, you might tip your waitress, and you're, you're, you're kind of you know if you go out for a meal mm-hmm. um but and you know if you if you're in the casino you'll tip your you tip your dealer but um it's always tip your dealer always tip your <laughs> dealer um uh but it's the tipping culture over here is very minimal i'd say mm-hmm. like very occasionally you'll you'll tip bar staff very occasionally um from from what i've seen and heard from friends who've worked at bars yeah that that weirdly almost feels counterintuitive because coming coming from where i am in the u.s where you 
in general, if somebody is in the service sector and they provide you a service, there's almost an unspoken obligation to provide a tip to them. Mm. But then when it comes to something like providing entertainment, I, and I know I'm, I don't speak for everybody out my way, but I don't get tipped a lot for my live shows. And I think the big reason is everybody understands that this is a poor, a, a for-profit venture uh, that I'm contracted by the venue, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I, I think that that just kind of changes the perception of the economics of it compared to what I'm hearing from, from you guys specifically. And that's, it's kind of blowing my mind a little bit here, you know? I, I mean, we could do a whole blooming podcast on tipping culture in the <laughs> U.S. Uh, to Tipsters be tipping tips. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> please, no. Um, who to tip with tipster? Yeah. Oh my god! No. no the no, no, tipping no, no. point of tipping. Uh, do not mention that show, please. <laughs> oh my god! Goodness. It's just it's a, a phrase. It's, a, it's an oversized penny arcade. That's what that is. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, uh, Ben Shepard. So... I love you, but at the same time, I hate that show. So, Jason, you, uh, I sort of interrupted going back to my my business aspects. Uh, you mentioned about hosting the, uh, like, all of us sort of having hosting and, and bringing people in experience. Is oh, that something you oh, right. To um, on? Yeah, I figured we could we could touch base for a moment or two um, because we've all, at this point, written for international audiences. And mm. does that change how you approach writing, knowing that you could or often do have people from not just different cultures, but but straight up different countries and sometimes different oh, languages yes. of origin uh, coming into your game. Has that affected your your writing, your researching in any way, shape, or form? Uh, we'll say over the last year, because that seems to be you know the the renaissance of trivia that we're talking about. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I, I actually usually feel more restricted for the. Uh, I usually feel more restricted when I write in Lithuanian because then my quiz boss just goes like, nope, you need English language knowledge to figure that stuff out. And it's like, yeah, because there are a lot of people who are older generation and here in Lithuania, they don't know English. They would know mm. Russian. And okay. it's like, no, you need, you know, English language there. So kind of no. Or then I see something like, oh, damn, that works only in English. And I sort of put it off to Ash's quiz database, maybe, or <laughs> not, or don't forget about it. And I still don't use it for Golden Mine, even though that's a great opportunity. Um, but yeah, so, so there's that. But for, and, and in other ways, like I cannot use Lithuanian questions or Lithuanian language or Lithuanian culture questions if I'm writing for the international audience. Uh, but I can do more puns because um, there are more puns in English than in Lithuanian overall, I would say. I can't do that. So it's almost, I feel, more free for international audience. Okay. When writing for it. And also, so let's say in Ash's stream, the, uh, probably still the majority of audience there is uh, British people. So there's a lot of UK on going there. Right, right. Um, and, and then tipsters quizzes. And in Jason's quizzes, uh, from what I've seen, you know, obviously there's a good chunk of U.S. con, and that's normal. So I don't have those knowledges. I don't have those er uh, that knowledge, those areas of expertise, uh, but that's fine. That doesn't restrict me because I can still, and it sort of even helps me. 
I my knowledge of facts to use for questions do not depend on US or UK. They're usually universal. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to what Lithuanian quizzing is, and I probably should mention that soon. <laughs> um, oh, we will but... we will get there. I assure you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like people who don't know, it's probably something like the she's on about you know like again and again um so i don't feel restricted in right like i know that because there are some non-us and non-uk members um like people from there that they may feel restricted about the non-advantageous con side so like i i'm sort of calm that my questions should more or less cater to everyone because it does not depend on being from a specific country. Hmm. It does not depend on knowing what's on TV in that country. And it does not depend on similar things. So it, it almost feels more liberating for me. I was just thinking through as uh, we were talking about internationalization, um, how by law, I think 40% of your questions have to be Canadian content. Is that the case? <laughs> <laughs> if they're music questions, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, our stuff... Uh, or my stuff, like, it, it's pretty interchangeable with the American uh, content, I would say, just because there's so many similarities and so much of the pop culture originates from the States, you know, that we consume up here. Um, the one change that I definitely had to make when I went online was axing my entire uh, local category mm. in my trivia database. Mm. So, you know, when I'm out here at the campus bar... Um, it was so easy to do questions like, um, hey, how many McDonald's are there in Regina? And then everyone would count on their fingers and try to figure out. Uh, there's fun, two, three. I'm, I'm getting the joke now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, other than that, it's been it's been pretty easy, I'd say, switching to online as far as content. Um, I really have no concept if uh, I'm alienating the Brits or not. <laughs> but I think I'm getting getting by OK with the uh, U.S. audience. Yeah, I've I've been in your game. Um, it's definitely approachable from a U.S. perspective. Uh, tipster to your weekly game. I know that you put a lot of thought and care into balancing the focus of your cultural content uh, and mm -hmm. tip of the cap to you on that. Um, I've written with you and I know that you absolutely emphasize, you know, we're going to have N questions a night that are arguably BritCon and we're going to have N questions a night that are arguably USCon. Uh, and I think... As a player coming in from outside the culture, knowing the culture of the host and knowing the culture of the, the majority of the players that you expect to see, you have this expectation that, yeah, he's going to ask me a question about like Buckminster, Fullerton, Downton Abbey, and I'm not going <laughs> to know my bangers for my mash. And I'm that just going to joke the queen uh, and I'm just going to whiff on that one. And that's OK, because he's going to come to my game next week and I'm going to ask about the 1985 <laughs> Chicago Bears and he doesn't know. <laughs> oh my goodness no, you went from chemistry into downton abbey in a matter of seconds there um but uh what was it yeah so the kind of i don't i don't have a quota of questions in a particular culture that i, I just try to maintain the balance between them if i think i you know if i've written a question i think it's particularly uk centric usually usually in the category of uh tv and film or um or if it's something that's happening music. in the news in the uk music as well although i've got kind of better with that the 
the thing I tend to do with music is, has it been on the Billboard Hot 100? Where did it play? Like, having to look across both of those. Versus the UK singles chart, yeah. Yeah, versus the UK top 40. And because I didn't really have anywhere to start from, I started online, I didn't have any kind of precedent of having solely British questions, per se. So I could I could do that without making changes as it were to how i write um the only experience i kind of had writing before was for radio shows and for um for kind of games that i have with my friends every every Mm. year um so i do try and make it as inclusive as possible that is uh, kind of the the underlying motto of the pinnacle larder is anyone can come in Pull up a chair, grab a beverage, grab their beverage of choice, whether it's hot, brown, both or neither, and just quiz out for like two hours. Just quiz out, man. Just quiz out. <laughs> it's the hippiest, uh, tippiest comment I've ever heard on this podcast. I, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. Is I'm here to entertain. I'm not here to. I'm not here to single you out and go. Oh, you don't know this thing. Um, because you're from, you know, because you couldn't possibly ever had a chance of knowing it because you've across the pond or, you know, you, you've lived under a rock for four years. Um, but I mean, we've all lived under a rock for the last one year. Haven't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which it does give me kind of open scope and it forces me to be very creative in how I word things. Mm hmm. Um, usually if I, I do a UK based question, I'll try and make a way in for everybody else. Just a bit of a back door, you know? Um, and when you compare that to UK based trivia, it's like very much the Royals, the Queen, uh, UK based celebrities, UK, UK singles. It's, if if you were if you flew across the UK and took part in a UK quiz, a lot of it is Britcon. As you oh, I I know expect. I would get wrecked. Um, because a lot of the content that you can find as an up and coming quiz writer online, like if you just Google pub trivia questions, yeah, most of it is very UK centric, especially when it comes yes. to history and sport and geography. Um, Royal and there's nothing. King. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But boy, do you feel the culture shock? Because I couldn't tell you anything about cricket. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing is trying to sports is a weird one. Sports is a weird one because you can do sports in such a way that it is a worldwide thing. Like World Cricket Championship is a thing. It's very big in the UK, West Indies, not so much in America, mm. but Australia. Um, but you know, soccer as you call it, or football as as um, it's called over That's here. As one should call it. Um, is a... <laughs> is the ball shaped like a foot? No. <laughs> is your ball that shaped like a? Is, Hold on. Is your hand Hold actually on. like a ball? Pardon. Yeah, a football What's football that? is kind of shaped like a foot. I'm just saying. It's more uh, than you... a soccer ball. I mean, yeah. Look, G- I think we Jason, can all agree that curling special, is the sport of kings. We have a special channel for that. <laughs> oh my goodness, we have oh we've got onto the we've got onto the football argument oh. accidentally again. Um, 
I mean, you keep but, bringing up these international sports that are, are fair game for everybody. And I'm like, not in America, not in America, not in America. <laughs> um, yeah. No, you got to be able to pronounce it in three letters or it's got to have bitten Evander Holyfield. Otherwise, it's not a sport in the U.S. You have the World Series of which one country takes part. I, I feel like... I, I, too. I will not let you disparage my friend Jay and his great nation of Toronto. <laughs> okay, two. Two countries. Oh. One, one in a bit. Yeah, one, one, one in a, one in a, 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 a an enclave. Um, <laughs> we regularly give Canada token representation for world sports just so they feel better, and I think we all agree that that's for the best. <sighs> so we're not stuck what? watching our shitty football. <laughs> Where have I gone into? We we should hard swerve out of this topic before. Yeah, we're I, I think hours. we really should. We're, we're just shit posting on international sport at this point. But uh, listeners at home, if you have any questions that you would love us to uh, follow up with you on, and we'd be happy to do that uh, after the recording via email uh, once you hear it, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us at uh, Quadrivia Podcast dot com um send the email to quadriviapod at gmail.com that's probably how an email works so you should probably do that thing uh and speaking of emails we received one um not long ago with a keyword challenge are are you guys ready to transition into uh putting your money where your mouth is and crafting a trivia question that somehow uh is fair game for an american a canadian a penguin and uh, a catnip yeah, this is going I can try. to be interesting <laughs> I'm a Christmas tree. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, I think, especially with this lineup. Um, very simple explanation of how the keyword challenge works in case any of the listeners are just catching up. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, notably Phil Wrighthouse, has written in and suggested a word, a phrase, or a name that they wanted us uh, to work into a trivia question that we are going to craft on the fly in the next 10 minutes. Uh, not knowing what that keyword is until just a moment from now uh, when we reveal it. Uh, the only rule is that the question or the answer has to contain that keyword. It doesn't matter what direction you go with it as long as you've hooked it into that word, that phrase, that name. And I think Phil was nice to us this week, folks, because our keyword for this week's challenge, um, it, it's right there in the center. It's middle. Okay. Ooh, okay. In yeah. the middle of the world for all of us international listeners and quiz aficionados. Exactly. So I think we're going to step away for about 10 minutes, see if we can uh, meet in the middle on this keyword challenge. Uh, and listeners, we will see you on the other side. Hey, everyone. Jason here. While the host and I step away to think about our keyword challenge, we just wanted to remind you that you can check us out online at QuadriviaPod on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Quadrivia Podcast. And you can always email us at QuadriviaPod at gmail.com. We're always happy to hear from you. And now, back to the show. All right, we're back. We all disappeared for a few minutes, took a crack at uh, this week's keyword. Did middle. not think you were going to say took a crack. But okay. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, where is this going? Crack. Oh, oh okay, crack. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well... Thank you, Phil Wrighthouse, for the uh, the middle keyword this week. Um, so, Catnip, how did it go? What would you come up with? Yeah, so I actually sort of cheated a bit, and 
I realized that I could use one of the questions that I had prepared for the round that I'm going to be doing for you later in the in the episode. Oh, so it's doing okay. that one. I'll have a replacement for the round. So this is what I what I keep mentioning it as being Lithuanian style question. So mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you can figure it out just by itself. Um, and I'll definitely explain it uh, fully later. So my question is, in 1948, scientists Ralph Alpher and George Gamow released an academic paper. Their friend Hans was credited as a co-author and mentioned in the middle between the two scientists, even though he didn't really actually help to write the paper. What is Hans' surname? I don't know why I know this, but I absolutely know this, and I love this question <gasps> oh. so much for that. Oh. I love it. I think I'm on the same same line as you, Jason. Uh-huh. I think I think I've picked up what you're putting down. Uh, Jay, take a look at it. Do you have any thoughts on this? Hmm. Um. During the break, I was telling you guys how bad at trivia. Don't be not mean as much as you think it. Yeah, I'll just rehash that here. Um. This is, I, I will tell you this, Jay, and not to spoil the explanation uh, for, for later aspects of the show, but this is the kind of question that you can know without knowing that you know that you know it. Hmm. I like that. Now it feels like very weirdly like all three of us are bullying Jay. You're... Oh, no, no, not at <laughs> no, all. We, just, we, we, we want him to have okay. success. We're giving okay. him that opportunity yeah, true, to breathe. True, like, true. Yeah. Everybody loves that aha moment when mm-hmm. you get it, right? And that's and this, what we're oh, allowing yeah. Jay to have. And this question lends itself to such a beautiful aha. So I'll, I'll spoil it for me, and I'll, I'll see. I'll see if I can have it retroactively. I'll I'll lead you just a little bit uh, here, Jay. The crux of this question has to do with everybody's last names. So focus on that for a hot second to see if anything pops to mind. Okay, there um, it is. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just I'm gonna take a shot and say uh, something to do with beta. After we have uh, Elf here, um, yeah, Alpha. Is that your final answer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it should yeah. be. I'm going to yeah. go with a surname. Of I agree with that as well. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, so that's... Um, so uh, uh, Hans' surname was Beefy. B-E-T-H-E. Uh, I would have a clearly accepted any kind of version of a beta. Or beta. Uh, that's the thing. The actual scientists were Alpha and Gamma, as in Alpha, Gamma, Greek letters. Very similar to those. So very much just for funsies, they wanted to put a beta in between them. Um, and luckily, they had a friend who could sort of fit that. Um, and despite him not doing anything with the paper, he got the official credit for it. <laughs> so, Jay, when you play in my uh, my stream next week and this question comes up and you remember the answer, it's going to be some form of the uh, beta Meinhof effect. Mm, yeah, I'll, oh. I'll feel a lot smarter at that point. Yeah, that was worth the groans. I will take it. Um, Catnip, I love this question because, Thank as we you. mentioned, and we're going to get into this in detail, it doesn't take like factual recitation knowledge to know this. This is not you either know it or you don't. This is a puzzle wrapped in an enigma um, pronounced in a delightful accent. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. There was a word delightful. Thank you. <laughs> I think I broke her a little bit on that. I got to go harder in the paint next time. 
Um, yeah, no, I think I think we came out of the gate strong. Jay, what do you have for us? All right, so if uh, if you like that question because it's not, you know it or you don't, you might hate this one. It's <laughs> definitely, you know it or you don't. So let's let's get into it here. Um, hey, don't write yourself off yet. Can you tell us what band released the Billboard Hot 100 hit The Middle in 2001? And if you try your best, you try everything you can, can you tell us the album name too? Oh, I super can. Oh, I my damn near wrote like, this you question. You two are Did both you... so much music people. I'm so much not in this comparison. This is... Is, um, is, there a, is there a lyric drop in there? Is that what I'm detecting right now? <laughs> There's about seven <laughs> lyric drops in there. Okay. There's a few. Yeah. Um, I, I'll take the onus oh. on this for you, Jay, and admit that this is very North America con uh, in like, terms all, of pop mm -hmm. culture. I all say... I can think of it is that, like, don't you meet me in the middle? But that's probably, like, way too late, right? Yeah, that, that was... Was uh, that yeah. Zed or... Zed and, and um... Oh, I want to say Foxes? Ariana, no, not Foxes. Zed and Marin uh, Morris? Who is Zed uh, and why do they partner with everybody? I'm oh, so out Morris, of it. Yeah, Marin Morris and Grey. Okay. And Zed. Mm. But Fun fact, my seven-year-old has met and loves Marin Morris. Hey. Hmm. Um, I will let you know that I've definitely heard of this band, but that might, like, I'm fairly sure that they're known of in the UK. They're probably not as popular as they were in the US. But um, if the name doesn't come to you right away, it it does take some time. There I it don't is. know. I don't know if Catnip's gonna pick up on that. Oh, I don't think I'm gonna even like take a punt at i guess like uh, also i already sang on the podcast like officially so you know jay, jay that, should that's, I... that's my token of input should, should i let our euro friends off the uh hook here <laughs> i mean if they if they if they took their I, time uh everything i, might I know this fine, by the way i should point out this is i don't know let, i let, believe let this it. is track three off the album bleed america oh my goodness World. Yes, yes it is. He's coming in with the track number as well. Now, to be fair, I just spent the last three date nights with my wife watching Jimmy Eat World's three live-streamed concerts with her uh, oh. over the course of the last four weeks. I am a huge fan of Jimmy Eat World. I've seen them several times live. Adore this album. Uh, this is actually my least favorite song of theirs, though. This is probably oh, wow. the only song that I know of theirs off the top of my head. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's the only smile. one that hit like top forty success in the U.S., so mm. that stands to reason. I'll just smile and wave because I've never heard of this before. Um, check it out after the show. It is, uh, like the peak of parent-friendly pop punk music from the yeah. turn of the century in the U.S. This it's, is it's, as close oh, oh. as like My Chemical Romance would ever get to the adult contemporary chart. It's how do I? It's one of those that I. If you don't know it when you see it, as soon as you hear it, you'll go, "Oh, I recognize that." It's it was played every one of those. Mm -hmm. ones I'll, that was played I'll, every... I'll Google things. I'll have homework yeah. to do. There, there we you go. go. A podcast that gives you homework. Solid song, <laughs> fantastic band. Um, glad I didn't write mediocre this question. question. No, fine <laughs> question. I'm just really glad because that's absolutely when I saw the keyword middle where my head went. Mm. Um, I just I shot there and then I. I couldn't think of anywhere else that the word middle is used. <laughs> oh. It just totally fell out of my head. Got tunnel vision. Totally yeah, blinkered, I, yeah. Yeah, I had, a, I had a rough one writing mine here because I wanted to go in like three or four different directions, but I couldn't find the great in on anything. And then I said, screw it. 
I like etymology. Have an etymology question. So here we go. Often found pairing with words like American, sphere, and lithic. What prefix often found in the medical world means middle in Greek? Meso? Like, I want to say, like, immediately. I'm fairly with you on that one. Yeah. I, I probably Lisa, should have yeah, like on board. tried to think of something rather than just blurt it out. But that's how. Oh I'm no! You you can by all means blurt this out. This is far and away the least interesting question I have ever written for this show. And yeah, um, it, it, it's mezzo. the The process on writing this is originally I was going to try to make it a douchey trick question because I had found at least one text that called the medical prefix medi, uh, the Latin root for middle. But then that seemed really kind of arguable. So I just scrapped it and went another route because I was running out of time and I didn't want to write a Jimmy World question and I didn't want to write a Malcolm in the Middle question and uh, I couldn't that... think of anything else for Middle. Those were the two places that my brain went Actually... first. It's like Malcolm in the Middle, uh, The Middle by Jimmy World, Stuck in the Middle with You by Steeler's Wheel. God, I didn't even um, think of that and I love Reservoir Dogs. I, I was thinking like, should I try and write something about Cater Pippa Middleton? Ooh, that would have worked. Ooh, for that kind of sneaky think thing. Think of that. And I'm the British one. <laughs> I'm the one who answered uh, correctly about Margaret Thatcher, not you, nor Swore, so. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're um, spilling the tea over here tonight, apparently. We are, apparently. Um, I end up settling for something else that um, hopefully is world-renowned in some sense. Uh, So Tolkien's Middle-earth takes its name from the mortal realm in Norse mythology, sandwiched directly between a land of ice to the north and a land of fire to the south. What was the name of that mortal plane? I'm just going to say it's mythology, so yes, and I'll shut up until it's (laughs) I'm going to say it's Tom Hiddleston, so yes, and then I'm going to let Jay take a stab at it. Yeah, so this this I think I actually do know. Um, pretty sure Midgard. That would be. Correct. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I did the reveal too early there. No, I think we're all on the same page. <laughs> I think, we're sort uh, of heavily hinted that we know it. I I mean I I pretty much know that Catnip would know this. <laughs> yeah, and you gave me something that's referenced in the MCU. Plus, I'm a bit of a mythology nerd, so this was definitely in my wheelhouse. um but jay yeah i just i know well yeah i got one i feel good um i know that it would have been guard something and uh yeah you're saying that it comes from middle earth or middle earth comes from it so you've got something guard middle midgard sounded about right so isn't that where final fantasy 7 was set oh uh i don't know uh, Tomb Raider Underworld was about North Five mythology. listeners are going to get Not that sure. terrible joke. Uh, you guys are fine. S- seven um, was Midgar without the D. I know. Oh, oh, you were trying to make a joke. I try Sorry. sometimes. Sorry, I didn't really. I thought you were being genuine there. I didn't know. So I Googled it and was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's close. It's fairly close. I can see where you got that from. Uh, no. Yeah, can no, we just, just trying to be can we just turn this podcast into a Jimmy Eat World uh, love fest again? That was that was a fun part of the keyword challenge for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we took our crack at it. I think um these were these were middle of the road questions. I I I would definitely say mine isn't my best work, but it isn't my worst either. Like I the thing is that I I got 
choice paralysis that I talk about so mm-hmm. so often is like word, a word middle can go so many different ways that I'm like, which which road do I go down? And I just stand at the crossroads, just yep. staring for like a good How five apt. minutes, whilst whilst the uh, whilst the timer ticks down. I, I spent um, about half I, my prep time trying to figure out how to make some kind of stupid central reference to They Might Be Giants <laughs> because of Malcolm in the Middle's theme song, and I just I couldn't get there. Dang it! Oh, ten minutes is not just, as long as you think. Sometimes it isn't. I just can't believe I completely forgot that Middle Earth exists. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Until I saw Tipster's question. <laughs> uh, well, just when when I was trying to think of something to do with the middle, um, like I got stuck on Jimmy Eat World and couldn't go anywhere else. Um, yeah, I was just going through these different ideas in my head, and yeah, uh, Middle Earth did not come to me at all. But uh, well, at least you stuck with your guns and made a decent question out of it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Tipster, since uh, none of us can decide if any of these were good, how would the listeners tell us uh, which question this week was their favorite? So, uh, yeah, it's your decision. You get to decide which of these questions is best. And you can head over to quadriviapodcast.com where you can have a read of the questions and um, and submit your vote. Tell us tell us how we did. Um, and, and vote Corey. Please. I don't know. This week, lo- maybe Corey wins it. I, I got to be I don't think with you. so. No. I, don't, I mean, with the exception of Catnip, who had an amazing question. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I'm, my vote goes to her, frankly. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll gladly take it. I, uh, Jay and Tipster <laughs> did fine jobs. I hated my question. Catnip's was awesome. But to be fair, Catnip, we wrote our mm-hmm. questions in 10 minutes. True. I had mine almost ready already. <laughs> So we'll let and the listeners decide whether or not to punish you accordingly. And speaking of having questions ready, I think you have 10 more for us to uh, bring us home with a game in your native style. Is that right? Yes. And I love it. Cause like, I know you love my style already a lot and I love my style a lot, well, like my style, Lithuanian style. So, firstly, what even is Lithuanian style? Now, as you may have noticed, or as Jason already has somewhat revealed, um, Lithuanian style pub quiz is, it's not about trivia. It's about thinking. There's a reason that uh, we have this sort of unwritten rule in most of the quizzing leagues and and venues and what have you that you we call them those questions have to be not knowable but thinkable it's not about the trivia knowledge of something that you may know it's about using a knowledge that you could be expected to have or should be expected to have that's sort of more or less universal and then using that knowledge uh, um and figuring out how that applies to the question text on the screen. Essentially, also like Jason said, it's a puzzle with some trivia elements. Oh, I am ready it's, for this. It's essentially, you don't have to know the question. You have to know more or less, you, you have to use more or less universal knowledge that you should have and logic to figure out what is the answer, if that makes sense. Uh, I know Jason yeah, and Tipster it, it, are 
definitely does for now. me for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> is 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 it clear enough for Jay or am I just Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh to yeah. to put a parallel to this that I know some of our listeners might be familiar with. If you're uh, familiar with the YouTuber Tom Scott, he had a uh, a game show series a couple of years back called Lateral mm-hmm. um that had questions that are very similar in style to this where it's not it, it's not uh factual recitation as i said before it's can you tease out an answer that makes sense based on the prompt that you're given basically so uh i am ready to chew on these for a bit and throw weird guesses out there and hope that one of them sticks uh, everyone compares it to lateral and i'm not sure how you about that I, I mean it's it like, could no it's my thing not tom scott no i mean me <laughs> to be fair, it could be worse. They could be comparing it to Million Dollar Mind Game. Ooh, well, fair. Million Dollar Mind Game is Stogdyakagda, which is Russian format, which could have heavily influenced Lithuanian cuisine because, you know, being post-Soviet, Russian culture is relatively, well, considerably prominent in many things, accidentally or not. Uh, so, yes. But, okay, shall we start, I guess? All right, um, I'm, my body is ready. Catnip, what do you have for us for this round? Um, so it somehow ended up being a lot of sort of non-serious culture or like more popular culture, something lighter. Um, maybe that's for the better to ease you in. Uh, I'm going to start with something both Lithuania-related and what I think will be a crowd pleaser. All right. So question number one. In 2019, Lithuanian capital Vilnius had a tourism ad campaign um, claiming that nobody knows where it is, but when you find it, it's amazing. Uh, comparing That way, comparing Vilnius to something else. The ad caught a lot of attention on international media and was deemed to be quite controversial within Lithuania itself. What was Vilnius being compared to? I have an answer, but I don't want to say the answer. Um, wait, I'm, I'm going to make Tipster say the answer. Oh, that's my new joy oh. in this world today. This podcast yeah. doesn't end until Tipster gives the guess I want him to give on this question. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, so uh, Capital City Tourism Board wasn't happy with the thing that they were alluding to. Um, what was that phrase again? Sorry. Um, you know what? I am. Um, Jay, I'm going to message you um, to yeah. see if you're nobody thinking the knows same thing I'm it... thinking. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I am is, based on your tone alone. It... It's amazing. Oh, oh no! Is it? Is it? Is it? Wait, really? Is it my answer. car keys? No. Uh, is it my car keys? No. Uh, probably not. <laughs> I don't. I don't drive. Penguins can't drive. Um, Say the answer, Tipster. I need this in my life so very badly. I. Uh, this is. This is going to end up being clipped and being someone's ringtone. Is it the clitoris? <laughs> No, but oh, close. Oh, god damn it. That's exactly what I was exclusively thinking it was. Uh, I, I have an alternate but similar answer. Go ahead. If I can if I can put my hand up, is it is it the G spot? Bingo. Oh, okay. nice pull, Jay. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know if we count that as answered or, or sort of maybe. Jay gets to feel point. better about himself. I feel great because I made a British penguin say clitoris. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so the thing yeah it like it was essentially called Vilnius the G spot of Europe. Uh the sort of slogan was well, like a sort of sub slogan was 
let's build your personal pleasure map. And if you, oh. I, I, I did a bit of research, and if you do go to the website vilnessgspot.com, uh, in the beginning you can see take the test or skip the foreplay. And by taking the test, you essentially answer a few questions. Based on those answers, the website is going to recommend you certain uh, places in Vilnius to visit or like what kind of places and venues and types of events you should uh, go to and maybe interested in. So when they bring those events, it's very much Tinder style, like you almost swipe right and left. The questions for the test, and yes, I took it. It's yes or no, it's agreement level statements. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just want to get wild. There's no such thing as too much tongue. The, (laughs) The best things happen in the dark. Real pleasure doesn't come without breaking a sweat. I like to watch. I love this campaign. I'm always willing to try new things. The right accessories can enhance any experience. (laughs) You're never done until you reach the highest peak. (laughs) Okay, slow down. Slow down. (laughs) I mean, hey, app. Um, I'm drowning here. (laughs) I choked on my own tea. I just figured out why Jay got this and we couldn't. Because uh, <laughs> Vilnius is the G-spot of Europe, and Jay comes from the town that rhymes with fun. Exactly. I was primed for, uh, you know, vagina-related puns. Oh, <laughs> right. And, and, and also, uh, so like, when you finish the last question, the, the button that essentially lets you go to the answer says, discover your pleasure spots. Yeah, but only if you can find the button, as we've established. Where is my towel? <laughs> There is all tea right. all over my desk. This might be the best start to a quiz round we've ever had on this oh, show. Goodness. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna you know, keep like I said, here. crowd pleaser. I'm glad the pleasure was received. I'm just glad the pleasure was mutual. Yes, that's very important, too. All right. What do you think? Question my... number two before we lose our train entirely? Uh, question number two. Kidnapping is when a person or an object is taken from someone else and being claimed as your own. Therefore, it's not surprising that one international and commonly an academic language found term has its origins in the Latin word meaning kidnapping. What's that international term? For some questions, I've also prepared additional hints if needed. Okay. Like the first word that comes to mind as a maybe for me is appropriation, but I don't have thunder on that at all. I I mean that's a good start, I suppose. Apropos. Um. Oh, it's not surprising. You know what? Actually, yeah, I like it if it comes from the same like Latin root as apropos. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. You've um, talked me into my my not great guess answer i think I, I, uh, it it could be it could be right i like currently the back of my brain is going is it safe for me to drink my tea now instead uh, of focusing never. on the question <laughs> <laughs> but i think apropos is a good as answer good good an answer as any i can think of i think we'd go with appropriation off of apropos right yes your confidence whelms me <laughs> uh, certainly Jay, better than anything i have so Let's go with it if you guys are feeling good about it. I feel better now that that Tipster made some kind of like 
logical connection to the wording of the clue that I wasn't seeing. Uh, I still don't feel great about it, but there's I can't get the word appropriation out of the front of my head on this one. Uh, Catnip, what are we looking at? Unless it's mm, plagiarism? Not that. Uh, appropriation, I don't know if it's an international term in Lithuania, definitely would be different. Uh, here you probably should have focused on academic language or academic context. Is, My it, hint would have... is it plagiarism as Tipster was... Yes. Second guess. Ah, dang it. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as, oh. like, oh, pla, pla, yeah. plaid, 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 plaid. Uh, yeah, so it, it's, uh, is that what plagiarism plagiatus. means in Latin? No kidding. Okay. Yeah, it means kidnapper. Specifically. Huh. Well, today I learned. Dang hmm. it. Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, you take someone else's content and you claim it as your own. Which we um, would never do. Catnip, we yes. would never take content not yes. intended for the purpose for which it was written and then use it as, I don't know, a keyword challenge. Can you plagiarize yourself? Really? <laughs> You're just reusing I, I your mean... own content. I and, and my hint would have been very lovely in that it could be found in quizzing, surely not in either of your content. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. I love you all. <sighs> um, that, that was a good one. It, it just sailed over my head and the good ones um, do that well I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed this one. Look, i think a good a good um uh, like measure of evaluation is that you know oh i didn't answer this correctly but i still like it mm. and that's a lovely thing to hear um question number three uh yep. the ending lines for the lyrics of nadav guyed's 2015 song said Okay, we gotta go. Three minutes. Bye bye. Where are you most likely to have heard this song? Oh my goodness. Okay, we gotta go. Three minutes. Bye bye. I mean, it it says travel to me, so I'm thinking like airport or train station or something like that. But I can't pin it to anything factual to feel good about that. You know. Three minutes. Bye bye. Uh, in sync concert. Yeah, no, I was thinking NSYNC as well. I was either yeah, thinking... Bye, bye, bye. Um, I, I still feel like we're in the ballpark of like a final boarding call for a plane or a train, but I I don't know. I, the, I know this is one of those where as soon as I hear the answer, the dots yep. are going to connect, and I'm going to kick myself. I've not been in an airport for a while. Well, penguins can't fly. We're too, we're too, we don't we don't fit the minimum height requirement. <laughs> no uh, one can fly these days. They keep getting flagged by TSA personnel. Wait, what? Why? <laughs> you know why? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the bow ties um, were a little much. Yeah, I uh, I I used up all of my trivia on number one, <laughs> all of my knowledge <laughs> on number one. Um, to be fair, he's the only I, one I'm of the, the three of us to get one right, and I'm still leaning on him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm in the dark here, fellas. And I don't love airport, but I don't think we have a better answer. Three, three minutes. How long? Wait, hold on, hold on. How long is a round in boxing? Uh, three minutes. Okay, let's try boxing. Sure. I'm I'm actually, it's weirder than my answer. So let's go with it. You're going with boxing. Um, is it at well, an airport? You should have. It's kind of actually neither. I'm not going to be that. Uh, rude. <laughs> oh. um, 
this this is actually where it, Tipster was the most likely to answer. I thought. Oh. Um, the singer is from Israel, okay. and if I start the song, it's it's called Golden Boy. Okay. Uh, uh, and it's from Eurovision. Oh. Because in Eurovision, it may have changed slightly, but this was in 2015. The... Uh, in Eurovision, they had limit that the song yeah. could not go over three minutes. So at yeah. the very oh, end of the right. song, he goes, okay, like there were two um, backup vocalists and three dancers, but like basically he's, okay, we gotta go. Three minutes. Bye-bye. I think like, I remember this song. He actually included that in his song. I'm a golden boy, come here to enjoy. That one. Yeah. I love that song. That's a banger. 2015. It It's now ringing a bell. Jay, are um, you just sitting there in Regina shaking your head, letting them get all Euro Connie on you like I am right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I... <laughs> We're I'm evenly matched, and I hate beer, it. Uh, I, leaning back in my chair and just letting it all go over my head. I don't think <laughs> I'd have got this in a million years. That's the thing. Okay. Um, I, I, I guess it was tougher than I thought. Oh, no, um, no shade on it. Eurovision, once you say it and explain it, makes all the sense in the world. I think it was yeah. absolutely guessable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just didn't guess it. Fair okay. Uh, moving on to question four. Um. Grant Snyder uh, has created some caricatures about a specific farm animal's life using various famous phrases. Uh, for example, when a meat truck is approaching, the phrase was memento mori. When the animal attempts to escape from the farm, carpe diem, and so on. This way, he illustrates a language. What is that language? I got it. Okay. I love this. I feel better about life and myself now. <laughs> Well, Tipster, as your teammate, let me say this. What language are you kind of dialing in on from the clue so far? Well, it's it's Latin, isn't it? So, But the rest of the clue. Jay, uh, are you picking up what I'm throwing down? I, I'm, I, it's... I, I don't think yet. Let me, let me think. Like, I think, to, to be honest, Jason probably has, well, no, Tipster has more, maybe. But, like, Jason has a good exposure of Lithuanian, to Lithuanian-style questions. So, mm. like, A little that. bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this was, for whatever reason, this one was like an instant light bulb click for me. So I've, I very comfortably feel like I know it, and I think I can guide my teammates to get there if they can see the specific kind of abstract connection that's that's in the wording so is it a language with a latin root ish it's a very specific type of latin oh there it is oh, there it is latin. i'm with you <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, i'm pretty sure uh that that catnip is cluing us to like cartoons of a pig that is speaking latin yeah well, I don't. Uh, the pig itself wasn't speaking. It was just more like commentary to the picture. Oh, okay. But yeah, but it was like it was involving the pig, and the phrases were Latin, thus pig Latin. So yeah. Um. Well, the first one you properly got right. <laughs> no, no, um, no. Jay got the first one right. Oh, so so we do count that as correct one. Okay. Yeah. No, the tipster I'll, and I can't, but Jay absolutely gets that victory. <laughs> so it's okay. So I'm marking it both red and green. Okay. Um, separately. 
Oh wait, you're 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 keeping score. That's the problem. Yes. Number five. Um, there we go. Uh, Sultan Kassan from Turkey and Kagendra Tapa Nagar from Nepal have the physical distance of about four thousand eight hundred kilometers between them. However, on a much smaller scale, they have the distance of one hundred eighty-four between them. Hundred eighty-four of what? I have a wild ass stab on this, but I feel good about it. It's it's one of those back of the brain things that I've seen somewhere over the years that is just coming into focus in like a specific image in front of me right now. I think I know what's going on with this. My my brain's going to like um like a word puzzle kind of thing, like points or something like that. Is that is that anywhere near what you're thinking, Jason? If I'm right, then no, unfortunately. And I'm not saying I'm right, but uh, that is not where my headspace is. Is is the original distance any kind of key in, like clue into the answer that you've come to? No, I think that's more just really good parallel writing. Just flavor, okay. Yeah. If this is what I think this is, I think this is the discrepancy between the tallest and the shortest adult person in the world. Oh! Like, I've seen them. I swear I've seen this picture, and it's, like, backdropped by the Egyptian pyramids or some other very famous landmark. It is a very tall man and a very short woman. And if it's the people that are being clued here, then the distance, it would make sense to be, like, centimeters. What would that be in inches? That'd be... Well, that would be almost six total feet. Okay, so we're we're at like centimeters, inches, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, inches is definitely way too big. Millimeters okay. feels too small, so I I would have to go centimeters, especially with uh, kilometers being in the question already. I'm with you on that one. And that yeah, is the correct answer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 I that up, I thought you were locking it because two of you were just so sure of it. Uh, but yes, yeah, so these were actually both men, uh, the tallest and shortest men. Oh, okay. Uh, I, my info may have been slightly outdated because this question is anywhere up to two years old. Um, uh, okay. Don't remember where exactly I took it from, possibly within last year, actually. But, you know, um, uh, to my knowledge, yeah, the, so the tallest and the shortest a man uh, according to Guinness uh, World of Records and the difference is 184 centimeters so um, Sultan is uh, 251 centimeters so 2 meters 51 and Kahendra is simply uh, 67 centimeters that's that's not enough centimeters that's just about that's 2 foot foot 3 essentially that's that's not enough Wow. Centimeters. That's, I don't know what else to say. Lot, you need more centimeters. <laughs> that's a lot, not a lot. Yeah. That is a lot, not a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so congratulations on that. Then then you have two versus two, and then Jay has an additional point. <laughs> um, uh, question number, what is it? Six. Uh, computer font Ugly Jerry is created based on how certain areas look like. Uh, the font title uh, indicates uh, the ugliness of um, of a certain practice. What is that practice? 
I think I've actually seen this font. It does look kind of cool. It does. Uh, I I think I know the letter C in this font, and I think it's got some some local connectivity. Oh, oh, I know this. I've yeah. got this. I don't know yeah. how, inter how international this one's going to play, but if Tipster's got it, I assume Jay can pick up on as it. As soon well. as I saw Ugly Jerry, I got it. Yep. Like as soon as I saw. For for the listeners, uh, Jerry is spelled with a G. If that helps. Yes. Uh, is this is this something to do with um, gerrymandering? Like, uh, like um, I really I'm, think it is. I yeah. swear that I've seen this font on like Reddit somewhere, and I'm I, I'm almost positive that the letter C in this font is a very particular congressional district in Illinois, uh, also known oh as the earmuffs. Oh yeah, this makes like the fact this exists makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, if it is what I think it is. <laughs> I, I think we're submitting gerrymandering and kicking back and enjoying our beer, waiting for the the answer to confirm that we're right. Now you are wrong, uh, <laughs> because letter oh. C is something from Connecticut. Connecticut. Oh, okay. Uh, other than that, yes, it is uh, gerrymandering. <laughs> uh, I am posting the link in in our uh, communications channel right now for visuals. Oh, uh, maybe no. we can include that in, in the um, internet post for the episode. We'll, we'll figure things out. Uh, but yes, it is uh, gerrymandering, and that's it's, the point. It's the U that's the earmuffs, not the C. Okay. Uh, uh, the U, yes, the U is Illinois. Yes. Yep. Uh, couldn't remember if they rotated the, it or not in the font. Uh, for, for our uh, potentially other international, uh, you know, relevantly, Listeners, gerrymandering is a practice when U.S. state region borders are sort of remarked and redrawn, redrawn in a way that during U.S. elections, the votes within that area would be uh, more beneficial to a certain party. Yep. So it's sort of political manipulation, essentially. It is mm. stupid. Yep, it, it is. It is <laughs> ugly. Why don't we put yeah. the people that the districts elected in charge of drawing the districts that elect them? Yeah. So I, I just sort of uh, also put that in. There was Eurovision that I thought was more Eurocon, and mm -hmm. this is more US con. So but fortunately, um, it seemed like it played a little better internationally. So well, well done on the inclusion there. Good job, Tipster. Cheers. Uh, question, <laughs> question number seven. And so this is so gerrymandering, uh, something else. And this next one, we're meant to be in the Golden Mine finals. Oh. Um, oh. And, and, and just quickly, uh, Golden Mine is a TV Lithuanian quiz show format that I myself have participated in several times. And like Jason has uh, mentioned slightly previously, I've... Um, I've guest hosted a tournament of it on Ash the Bash's stream and for his community. So it's 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 very related to me and that's a bit of a separate subtopic. But yes, there's that. And Jason uh, participated in that tournament and got to the tournament finals. I beat everyone except for the person I didn't beat. Yes, <laughs> except for the person who won. <laughs> um, uh, question seven. In the video game Binding of Isaac, touching at least three fly-related items um, means that Isaac experiences a transformation. 
Uh, what is the name of the creature into which Isaac transforms? So this might be my time to shine because I've clocked, <laughs> I think, close to 1,500 hours? hours in The Binding of Isaac. Oh, my Lord. Okay. <laughs> I've played it a little, but I cannot pull this answer. So, Jay, man, take it. Like, I'm, I'm pretty positive that it's uh, The Lord of the Flies transformation, but let me search my memory banks. Um if there's another one. Um, oh, no, I love that answer based on what I know about, like, the lore and mythos of Binding of mm. Isaac from, from my experience. I absolutely love that I answer. need a specific I, name of the creature. Would not... that be Beelzebub, oh, maybe? Definitely Beelzebub. Oh. Which I think is the, yeah, that's the, the Hebrew or the Old Testament name that translates to Lord of the Flies, isn't it? Yeah, that's... I think what it is is it's it, it changes you to Beelzebub, and then the subtext underneath, I can just picture the screen. It says Lord of the Flies. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely going with Jay on this with uh, with confidence in his knowledge. In his several hundred hours. <laughs> uh, Look, it's Smarty Pine's time to shine. Am I supposed to, am I to take that? He said hundred hours. I, I just checked on my Steam and I have 1,076. Uh, but I probably have at least 300 more for when I played in Torrent. Or like from Torrent sources, mm -hmm. um, so there's there, there's that. Um, but ding ding ding, you get your one two three fourth point, fifth point for J. Uh, and this one, it is indeed called Beelzebub because that literally means Lord of the Flies. Um, yeah, good pull on that, Jay. I don't think I was going to get that from the clue, and I suck at Binding of Isaac so much that I never did that thing. So. I'm I'm really yep. excited to go upstairs and tell the wife that uh, all of those hours have finally paid off. For <laughs> Told you, honey. <laughs> She's like, so why are you playing that stupid game again? Well, you know. This is a bit of a He weaponizes thing. his sadness. Oh, gosh, yeah, he does. <laughs> like, I think I thought that I was a crybaby. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, uh, this is a bit peculiar because it's one of those. Now, if you don't know that Beelzebub means Lord of the Flies, it's not a good question. It's like it's kind of not answerable question. But uh, it's sort of I guess international or specific experiences with the Lithuanian quizzing. That fact is now pretty much common knowledge, especially if you're a quizzer. Oh, I can see so, that being a little chestnutty. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, it's kind of expected to know. I that. mean, you can kind of get from just the name of the game, Binding of Isaac, that it might have biblical undertones to it. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of different ones. So yeah. you could you could put some pieces together uh, and without definite knowledge, make this a guessable question. I, I think it stands on its own. Fair. Okay, question eight. Um, Alzheimer's Research UK has started a social campaign called Share an, or uh, Share an Orange. Uh, this way, trying to raise awareness uh, about dementia and Alzheimer's being not just natural results of getting old, but real and physical diseases that damage brains and that can be researched and eliminated. Uh, it is not a coincidence that the campaign is revolving um, around a standard orange weighing about 140 grams. Um, what is the meaning of the orange for this campaign or in this context? So I I think I've got a bit of a guess on this one. 
I, um, I I think I'm nibbling around the edge that you might be nibbling around too. What do you have, Jay? So yeah, my thought here is Alzheimer's, um, like reducing the weight of well your brain. Um, so see the the final bit here. What is the meaning of the orange for the campaign in this context? Um, I'm thinking the weight of the orange is either the weight of either a healthy or maybe an unhealthy brain. Yeah, that's more or less where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering just in and of myself if it's more specific than brain, like if it's the memory center of the brain or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know enough to say. Like if we were on a team and we were at a catnip game, I would just say right brain. And if we need to be more specific, we'll trust that catnip will tell us to be more specific. I, I am currently putting my head in my hands trying to weigh my brain. This doesn't work. <laughs> well, remember, it's the human brain we're talking about, so you're going to need oh, to take three of yours. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put it like that. 140 grams is a bit less than one and a half of a standard like bar like of chocolate. Like a... Now you're putting it in measurements I can understand. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So think about that. like the usual chocolate, like, not like a Snickers bar. But like, it, you know, the ones that you can uh, sort of uh, yeah, it's, it's distribute be, in small pieces, break down into small pieces. It's, it's got to be that kind smaller. That chocolate of 100 grams. Yeah, it's got to be smaller or more specific than the human brain because it's the, the brain is just too big for an orange. Yeah, oh, yeah it like does say an orange. That's a measure. What yeah, would that the be? The, the cerebellum, would that be? I, I don't want to speak out of turn on brain chemistry and, and I, I, biology when I don't know, but you know, I'm, I'm the, gonna the memory part you of the brain. You don't need that kind of medical knowledge for this. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have anything better than, like, to represent memory in the brain in some way, shape, or form. It's like the weight that is, that is lost because of Alzheimer's? The campaign is called Share an Orange. I wonder if that... Yeah, it's like... Like, Catnip went a country mile to point out the mass of Wait, an orange for this Of question. an orange. So it's not the orangeness. Like, it's not the platonic ideal of orangeness that we need for this, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I can't get off the train of... Like, all, all I can think of is Christopher Eccleston holding an orange. That's literally, like, that's all my brain has gone to. Because I remember this campaign. Uh, see, when I think Christopher Eckerson and fruit, I think of the banana in the uh, the return of Doctor Who back in 05. <laughs> Fair. See, I know international con. I, so I kind of want to like have an answer. I, I'm uh, like, sure you do. One. We would love to have one too, I promise. <laughs> yeah, I think we, I think I'm... <laughs> no, I'm the thing is you would like to have the correct one. I just to have Oh, that would be swell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we go brain and be wrong. <laughs> be wrong, I think. I need more specific than just brain. The uh, uh, weight of a memory. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, it's a but I philosophical, but that. okay. Well, uh, well, I had, I had said that I thought it's it's maybe how much like mass your brain like can lose to Alzheimer's. You know what? I'm going to put this one again as a non-answered, but additional point to Jay. There uh, you because go. What, Jay's uh, having the episode of his life right now. One, one of the <laughs> quizzing rules that I have, and I still break, and then I hate myself for it, is 
go with your instant thought. And the very first thing that Jay immediately mentioned is that, oh, that's the weight loss due to dementia. Oh. And that's exactly it. Yep. Okay. Good Ooh. job, Jay. No, it's, you. It's the lost. I can feel my brain, brain getting mass. heavier. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that's the lost brain mass due to dementia or due to Alzheimer's. Uh, ah. it, because it, it damages brain cells and, uh, like, it sort of. Uh, not to limit, eradicates some brain cells. Right. The mass of those eradicated brain cells is about an orange or about 140 grams. No kidding. Okay. Jeez, it's kind of scary to think about holding an orange and just thinking like... That's how much weight much your brain... brain yeah. I, I feel like trying to suffer my way to an answer on some of these questions is costing me about 140 grams of brain matter <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll just put it like i have directly witnessed what dementia looks like and mm -hmm. goodness gracious it's not good it sounds uh, so mild but then like it it oh goodness i i have a so, similar yeah, story so i can absolutely confirm yeah and and same with me here okay moving on uh, to an uplifting question hopefully that jay gets and just blows us out of the water on i like this episode somebody <laughs> um question number nine uh at some point uh, in vilnius airport uh you would have been able to find such uh, ads such ads about stockholm stockholm is so beautiful that you don't even need um it or them Nate Name that it or them in two words. It's it's one of those like Lithuanians use a lot of X to like instead of blank, and it uses a lot of like it he she and he she these for like based on masculine or feminine nouns. Right. Like mm. it's the same pronoun, uh, so like it's it's iffy to translate that. But like stop. name the blank in two words if you were. Stop Stockholm is so beautiful that you don't even need a partner. Don't even need the G spot. What? Oh, <laughs> no. Not again. Yeah, please. don't go to Stockholm. Stay in Vilnius with the G spot. You don't need the G spot like a G spot. My brain is trying to make some sort of Stockholm Syndrome captive audience joke here, and it's not working. Oh, I kind of like Stockholm yeah. Syndrome as an answer here, though. Yeah. Um... That wouldn't be the worst guess we've had all game. Stockholm is so beautiful that you don't even need blank blank. To take hostages. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we do need we do need to take hostages in terms of loyal listeners. Let's let's say that. Wait, is that how we is that how we increase our numbers? I've been doing this all wrong for the past. No, we just year. promised them to to let them know where the G spot is. It's it's part of a big long-standing plan to build to 12 viewers <laughs> stockholm is so beautiful that you don't even need blank blank there's got to be some kind of like swedish pun going on here i, I guess i kind of uh, want to help you a bit but i'm not sure if i should i don't even i i'm still kind of in two minds about syndrome a partner like this could go e either way. Don't even need friends. Uh... So beautiful that you don't even need to Sweden. No, 
I don't thought even... there might be a pun in there, and it's not landing. Stockholm need... is not the crucial information there. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that, then, because, like, you're very much going to that direction. So, I think so beautiful that you don't even need eyes to visit. Just assume <laughs> don't, it's don't, beautiful from these ads. Don't come here. Just Design look at the pictures. Just don't come here. Like, seriously, don't bother. The pictures are great. They're enough. A beer camera. Beer goggles? Beer goggles? I pa I want to say a camera. Oh. A filter? I kind of like that. A filter's a good one. Like I Instagram filters or yeah. something like that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm picturing a poster with, like, the Instagram logo or something on right. it. Right. Like, you know, shaped like a, a Facebook post or something. I think it's the least worst guest we've thrown out on this one. Well, we've gone from syndrome to a partner to a camera to filters, so let's go. Filters. That's a journey. That's a journey way farther than going to Stockholm. True. Yeah, Um, because we don't want to take forever being wrong on this. Let's be wrong with, like, a filter or Instagram filters or some two-word phrase that's basically that idea. Is that your final answer? Oh, don't threaten me with an option to back out. <laughs> yes, um, let's let's say yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Stockholm is so beautiful that you don't even need Instagram filters. What? Hey! Oh, right on. Nice. Yeah. How the hell did we get there? We do I not deserve know. that point, that but I'm taking it. I'm very like I was. I I very much liked your Stockholm syndrome answer. I didn't realize that could be an option, like uh, uh, an actual option on the table. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, but yeah. I, I can't believe that we teased that out. <laughs> we, somehow. We, we started somehow. like full team effort. Bunch of shit hosting. <laughs> and somehow we end up with the right answer? Isn't that how uh, isn't that how our pub quiz attempts usually go though? <laughs> we we need to start playing in Lithuania because we we've got this dialed down to a science now. <laughs> Do we? Just keep um, riffing until something doesn't sound the worst. Make sure to bring Jay though. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> um, well, last question in the round. Are you ready? Yeah. Well, I mean, Jay is the only one who knows where Vilnius is, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, where was it? Yes, uh, question number 10. And I don't think he's listening, uh, uh, listening to this podcast, but if, if he was, that would be a tribute to Quizzy Dan. Um. Question number 10. On August 8th, 2017, Bill Murray went to watch a musical. On the next day, he went to the same place to watch the same musical. Name the musical title. Yep. Is this what I think uh, it it's is? It's 100% what you think this is. Okay. I think I saw this <laughs> is it what on... what I think it is? I'm confident it's what you think it is. I think I saw this on a, uh, a Reddit, like today I learned post, not that long ago, actually. Is, All right, Jay, wait, you, is this something... Can I just... Like, this isn't something that happens in the movie. This is just Bill Murray screwing with people, right? I'm almost confident that that's what it is, Okay, yeah. that sounds like a Bill Murray thing to do. Yeah, like... Is there a Groundhog's Day musical? Am I, I not thinking hard enough, or am I thinking No, I'm pretty hard? sure there is. Yeah, this is, I, this I is ringing a strong is. bell. Unless, you know, like... <laughs> hard swerve into the Book of Mormon, everybody. <laughs> Or, or, I mean... Hello, my name is Bill Murray. 
Like, it would be just as funny if he went to anything twice because he's Bill Murray from Groundhog's Day, so I think, like, the, the question would be valid regardless of the musical, but I, I feel like it's got to be Groundhog's yeah, Day. Yeah, I really feel yeah. it leans us in that direction, and I think we should go with our instinct on this one. Let's go for it. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Lock Day. It in. I I, le- I I started with a crowd pleaser, and I hope to end on a crowd pleaser as well. That's why I kept it for a the last slot yes it is groundhog day Woo! nice that's a that's a show i need to see now apparently but just i love that fact (laughs) it's not the question but the fact how do they make that into a musical like well spoiler alert act two is really just a rewrite of act one (laughs) in fact it's fairly unoriginal throughout you know (laughs) right you really just so, need to write about five lines of script and then copy paste. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, some twist here and there, you know, spelling checks in one paragraph, but not in the other or something like that. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, it's like noises off, but it's just rehearsing the same like monologue for two hours, oh changing it subtly. <laughs> and, I'm really trying to but, tie a joke between G-Spot and Groundhog Day right now, uh, and I, I just can't no. quite do it. <laughs> Why? No, well, I want to. Like, I, I want to hear where you can get, you get with Bill like, Murray's G Spot now. Let's put it like that. If you keep going back to G Spot every day, again and again, your wife will be very happy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so in this round, the team got six out of ten points. Jay specifically got eight out of ten. Jay Eight wins the competition we weren't having. Congratulations, Jay. <laughs> Jay, Jay wins I mean, trivia forever. I don't know. Congratulations. If, I, I, I don't know because it looks like I'm getting points for the ones I had no idea on, but you guys knew, and you're not getting points for the ones <laughs> that I knew that you didn't. So let's well, let's take let's take the average. Let's average it out at seven. Yeah, we're gonna take the old Canadian seven on that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's when you're too polite to give yourself an eight. Seventy percent. That's yeah. a passing grade. <laughs> There you go. C's get degrees. I'm good with it. I yeah. feel much better. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. When I saw you, like you not answering number two and three, I thought, oh shit! Like usually people get nine out of ten or nine or ten out of ten in the episodes I listen, and now it's like, oh, they're already sort of have three incorrect, depending on if we count it, the cheese spot or not. And it's like, oh, I'm doing weirdly. So let me, I'm I'm let, happy you helped to feel. I'm happy that you helped uh, me to feel happy. Yeah, like <laughs> I will be honest, it's never about how many I get right. It's about how much fun I have doing it, right? And it's about the G spots we of... found along the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. oh, we have we have got to get the hell out of here. We uh, do. I have a you psychic to message. To I'll put it like that. Right. I have a psychic message from Corey to apparently get to before we wrap the episode. So I'm just going to read this verbatim. And for the first time, uh, hey, send us a question. Write what you think is an incredible trivia question. Shoot it to our email with how did I do in the subject? And maybe we'll read it in a future episode and provide feedback, insights and alternatives. Or maybe just tell you how perfect it is. So do that thing that Corey told me to do. Uh, okay. Yeah, send us a question at uh, quadriviapod at gmail.com. Write what you think is a, a really good question. Shoot to our email. Our email um, put, how did I do in the subject, just to be clear. Uh, and, you know, in a future uh, episode or as a future segment, we might take a few of those. 
uh, read them, discuss them, uh, critique them, and praise them. Um, basically, your your effort at a keyword challenge where you pick the keyword because Corey wants your lives to be easier than ours. Uh, and with that said, I think we're pretty much uh, good to get out of here. Catnip, if people wanted to find you um, outside of uh, the context of Quadrivia, is there a good place that you would like to send them to um, that thing? The thing is, I don't stream. Uh, so I guess you could just follow me on Twitter at catnipiswise. Um, I tweet some amusing things here and there. Uh, usually less about trivia and more about me. But, you know, getting in touch there is convenient. So let's go with that. All right. Sounds good to me. How about you, Jay? Where can people find you after the episode? Um, I do stream. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash trivia all one word, or smartypints.ca, because I live in Canada. <laughs> also on Facebook and all sorts of other places. Um, Tuesday nights are theme nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Thursday nights are just kind of random shit, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. All right, how about you, Tipster? Whenever you uh, dock the larder, where can people find it? <laughs> well, you can you can find me in the Pinnacle Larder every Sunday from 7 p.m. UK time. That is 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, uh, where we go through our weekly pub quiz. You can find us over at twitch.pinnaclelarder.com. If you want to play along, play.pinnaclelarder.com is where you need to go. All right. And as for me, you can find me at geekwhodrinks.com. Not kidding. <laughs> I know. That was a surprise. <laughs> I'm going there now. I'm getting more homework. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to redirect you to my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage, underscore with an underscore, courage with a K, and me with a handle of rum. Uh, as far I... as uh, the rest of us, if you want to send us any communications, uh, as we said before, our email is quadriviapod at gmail.com. If you want to hit us on our socials, just look up quadriviapod. We're on Twitter and Facebook and ostensibly uh, Bumble and, and Tinder. I don't know. Um, if you want to check out uh, the keyword challenges, the questions from today's game and from previous games, uh, you can go to quadriviapodcast.com. That is our website. Uh, and of course, um, because we're all about terrible URLs tonight, quadriviabuttface.net, I think, hasn't been taken down yet. I, <laughs> I have several questions. One, who's running the Quadrivia Pod Tinder, first of all? Uh, that's Jeremy. If you think all the way back to episode two, which was titled Salacious Pictures of Jeremy on Oh, Tinder. no. Really? That's still going? Well, never stopped, really. <laughs> uh, Catnip, do you know how we end the show? Uh, with another sip of rum or beer or beverage of choice. Um, sure. That sounds great to me. We'll see you guys. Do do I do I have to ask this question? Because I I and uh, this is probably the worst place to admit this. What's the difference between the clitoris and the G spot? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Oh no. Oh no. Okay, that's for another time. Moving on. Uh, Google is your friend. Uh, Safe search off. 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 Okay. <laughs> no, no. You're here for the information. Jay's just here to show us the G spot. <laughs> Shouldn't he be showing the J spot then? I'm... Oh no, the J spot <laughs> is very different. I assure you. Oh, I can imagine. 